Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hello and welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. Hello, this is the second episode in a new series I'm trying out where I give advice that no one asked for. We do it by topic and for each Enneagram type. So today we're covering the topic of self-care for our dear type eight. I'll cover what life can look like for you with and without self-care, what you may do to sabotage your real self-care, and a few practical tips for infusing more self-care into your life. Now, I'm very aware that I am not a type 8, and as I discuss things that could show up for you as a type 8 or may show up for you a type 8, this is really coming from my you know, intellectual research and understanding of the type structure. But also from the type eights that I've heard speak into my life or how they've expressed their self-care and their pain and clients of mine that have gone through this. If you identify as a type eight and you recognize that some things are different for you, also fine. I want to preface this with that, that you're the knower of you, which I think most type eights don't struggle with that as much, but I just want you to know, um, You know you better than I do, but here are some things that I have learned along the way. So some signs that self-care might be neglected for our type eights. So I think of these as like warning signals that maybe you need a little bit of self-care. The first one is you power up. You can feel your battery start to dwindle and you think, I need to get it back up. I need to recharge or, and not even recharge, but I need to push through. So instead of, I need to rest, you think I need to power up. That is a sign that you might need a little bit of self-care. Another sign that you might need a little bit of self-care is when you start to think that you have to do it all, when your mental space goes to thinking like, I'm doing everything, I have to do it. If I don't do it, then no one else is going to do it. That's a good indicator that you might need a little bit of self-tending. If you start to feel antagonistic or argumentative, Um, If you're noticing that you're picking fights or that you're just not letting things be easy, you might need a little bit of self-care. And finally, if you start to notice yourself doing that move to the lower side of type five, maybe hiding out, shutting out the world, setting up higher boundaries. Um, If you're really closing yourself off from other people and stimulation, then you could need some self-care. Now, when our type eights are living into self-care, when they're uh, really integrating care and rest and nourishment into their lives, these are a few things that kind of I've noticed tend to show up. So first, they infuse vulnerability in to situations. So they intentionally open up and express themselves and open up the path to connection in that way. The second one is they learn to rest when needed and they don't resist their weakness. So 
they really tend to themselves and to their energy levels and they manage it kind of like the high side of a type five. And they choose kindness to go with their honesty. Our type eights, one of the things I love about type eights is that they're direct, they're straightforward, and they're honest. And that paired with kindness and gentleness and compassion is the most amazing combination of qualities, in my opinion. I think it's a beautiful combo. And sometimes when our type eights are in a lack of self-care, the kindness piece can fall away and the honesty part can stay. But when they're doing really well and they're tending to themselves and they're taking care, that kindness and that honesty pairing is very vivid. And finally, when a type eight is taking really good care of themselves mentally, physically, emotionally, they can often release that defensive stance. So they can become more collaborative, more cooperative, um, more willing to see your perspective that can really become at the forefront. So as we get into, okay, we can recognize where we need self-care. We can see when the self-care isn't here and we can see when it is here, but how do we do this intentionally? So a few ways that I want to show you or reveal to you or remind you of that could be sabotaging your ability to self-care. The first, that choosing that path of strength over vulnerability. A lot of times our type eights receive the message that there's only the strong survive. So I have to be strong or I will get eaten alive, essentially. So a lot of times it's easier to choose the path of strength. And I wouldn't even say easier, but more so first nature, right? Like that's just kind of the mode of operation. And it takes more time and more focus to choose the path of vulnerability, to really say, okay, yeah, I feel this way. I think this way. But what's beneath that? You know, what's the fear there? What's the the concern? What am I protecting myself against? The second way that they may sabotage self-care is, is not trusting other people to love them well. So one of the sentences I hear most from type 8s is, well, what if they use that against me? And Living in that headspace of fear that someone will use your vulnerabilities against you can create so much self-protection that there's not a lot of room for care. There's not a lot of room for reciprocal relationships where it's not just you giving, you protecting, you being the strong one, but you need people to support you too. And as we know, if you're in a relationship to a type eight and you want them to be more vulnerable with you, then it's important that you're direct with them, that you're honest with them, and that you have time show that you're strong enough to handle when they need support. Because it's easy to just let our eights do the hard stuff for us. And we need to show our eights that we can do the hard things for them sometimes too. The other thing is becoming accustomed to conflict for connection. So a lot of times eights learn maybe early on in their life or somewhere along the way that if there's conflict, that is the same as intimacy. And sometimes conflict is necessary, right? Sometimes conflict is necessary and healthy and needed and unavoidable. And when conflict is used for a purpose that it's not intended for, right? Conflict is intended for coming to the other side understanding each other's perspective, you know, meeting each other's needs, but are you, you know, defending your own needs as well. That's a really good opportunity for conflict. But when conflict gets confused for connection, then 
We can pick fights. We might create problems that don't exist just to kind of get the sensation that we're connecting underway. And sometimes that can create some unnecessary stress in the lives of our aides. That can create difficult relational environments that don't serve your self-care goals. And then finally, the last thing we talked about this in the beginning is you power up. Instead of resting, instead of taking a nap, instead of asking for help, instead of admitting that you feel defeated or whatever it is that you need to do, you choose to get stronger. And this is really cool. That's a really cool skill. Way to go. And it does not always serve your self-care needs, right? Like sometimes you need to take a nap and sometimes you need someone to hold you and let you cry. And I, I think there are eights out there who are like, yep, that's true. And I think that there are other eights out there who are like, this is an uncomfortable territory. Why are you saying this to me? Um, but it, that's just true. Sometimes you need to be supported and you don't need to be stronger. The sustainability of powering up when things get hard is significantly lower than just giving yourself the needed rest that you might need to give to you. So you might sabotage your self-care by choosing to power up instead of ask yourself what you need and give yourself that in a compassionate and kind way. So how do we infuse more self-care in? So I think one of my favorite tips for working with our aides in terms of self-care and infusing more self-care in is to first spend time with vulnerable people. So for a lot of type eights, maybe that's children, maybe that's animals, but really just choosing to give back in some way. A lot of those like healthier type eight behavior patterns are like being protective, being, you know, caring for other people, defending the vulnerable. And those are things that can really get you into your heart space, you know, out of that reactive body space and into the more compassionate heart center. The second thing is normalize asking yourself, am I making this harder than it has to be? When you find that you're in a situation, you're really stressed out, you're having a hard time, just pause and ask yourself, where am I making this harder? You know, type eights are so used to being strong that doing the hard things the hard way isn't so scary. And sometimes you might find in your life that you're doing a lot of things the hard way. And then that can be really taxing, but it's so unconscious that you're not really even aware um, that things are harder than they have to be. So just take a moment when you start to feel your body starts to feel tired or you start to feel resentful or you're feeling, you know, you're noticing some of those signs that you're in need of some self-care, like you're powering up, you believe you have to do it all, you're feeling antagonistic, maybe you're shutting yourself out, ask yourself, where am I making things harder than I have to be? The other thing that can come up or that um, you might want to try if you're thinking about infusing more self-care in is having vulnerability in. I like the language, especially for us types who don't really like to be told what to do and don't like to be restricted or controlled. Hi, seven here. Um, <laughs> to consider not taking things away, but adding things in. So, you know, when I think about eights, instead of saying like, don't be so strong, um, instead say add vulnerability in. So where can you stay strong, but add vulnerability, just like with the 
honesty. Like don't not be honest, but how can you add the kindness in? How can you add vulnerability into all areas of your life? Um, Whether that's connecting to another person, whether that's in your work life, whether that's into your own acknowledgement of the fact that you do power up, whatever it is for you, consider adding vulnerability in because this is going to make things a lot easier. You're going to find that you can have more compassion for yourself in that environment. Other people can have more compassion for you. And when compassion is thriving, life is nice. (laughs) Like when we are compassionate with ourselves, when other people are compassionate with us, we're compassionate to other people, then things just aren't as hard. It's a really good way to tend to our self-care. And then finally, and this one's going to make some of you uncomfortable. Some of you are already doing this, but try weakness for a spin with one safe person. So I'm using the word weakness intentionally because this word is a little triggering. And I've heard a lot of eights say that particular word to me. And so that's kind of why I hold on to it. But I think weakness is a scary word. I've heard some eights say this is depressing. (laughs) The idea of admitting weakness or acknowledging weakness or even acknowledging what is a perceived weakness of not being able to admit your weakness, which is like a whole other, like a whole other thing. But that is very like uncomfortable to sit with and think about or talk about. But when you have one person who you trust, who you're not afraid will use it against you or who, you know, won't use it against you, even if you are afraid, you know what I mean? Try it out. Let yourself express all the things you're, something you're scared about, something you're sad about, something you are worried about, you know, and, and maybe the first emotion that you're able to access is anger and then go beneath that and ask yourself, what's underneath that anger? What's really here? What is the weakness I'm trying to protect with this anger? Um, What's the vulnerability in me that I'm trying to guard with this anger, this directness? And then just try it for a spin and see how good it feels. And even if that safe person is just you, you know, even if you're just journaling to yourself or, you know, talking out loud on your car to yourself, whatever you do, whatever works for you, really get underneath a lot of that. Like, am I feeling, why do I feel like I have to be strong right now? What am I scared of right now? What makes me feel sad right now? And really dig into some of these things, fear of rejection or... Um, fear of, you know, whatever it is that you are afraid of. I'm not saying fear of rejection being an eight thing, but just more a human thing and dive into whatever might be up for you right now in your softest, gushiest, mushiest parts um, that are typically kind of locked up tight. So I hope that this resonates with you type eight. I would love to hear more about your thoughts on self care. If you're a member of the Patreon community, let's talk about it. Hit up the comment section and let's have a chat. Uh, if you're not a member of the Patreon community, what are you doing? Let's hang out. I do a live call once a month with my Patreon members. Sometimes that is a larger group and we, we hang out and everybody gets to talk. Sometimes it's just me and one other person. We hang out for, you know, however long it takes for us to finish getting our conversation done. So it's a really good value. We also do that. And then I do one 
podcast a week. That's a little bit more personal. I share what's going on with me. I share my particular thoughts on the Enneagram community at the moment. If there's Enneagram drama or if there's uh, Enneagram insights that I have, uh, my thoughts on meme culture, all of that happen in the Patreon community. And if you join at the $10 tier, there is a journaling prompt every single day of the year for you. So check it out. It's at patreon.com slash Enneagram and coffee. All right. I'll see you in the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.